Welcome to the Hollywood Hustle Podcast, where we bring the stories and struggles of artists climbing the ladder of success and how they survive the city of dreams, Los Angeles. Hello, everybody. As always, I'm your host, Daniel Tuttle. Thank you so much for joining us for this special Team Hustle episode. We're so excited to be here. Uh, We have some great stuff planned for this episode. But before I get too far into it, let me bring in my my version of the uh, top 10 year-end countdown hosted by Ryan Seacrest, (laughs) Mr. Michael Luther. (laughs) Hi. I don't know how to follow up with that. It was either that or my own final countdown, and that just seemed dark. Final countdown. But I'm not going to be hosting uh, American Idol. You were so close. I was so close when Disney decided to bring it back, Mm -hmm. and they're like, we know you and Ryan are super close, and now we want to go with you. But we really want to go. But Ryan just has more followers on Twitter. This is true. <laughs> it's okay. It'll be okay. So how can they, just real quick question, how can they do that? It's a total another property on another s- network. Was it the production company able to sell it well, to I, ABC? So I believe American Idol was owned by Fox. Yes. I think it was originally a Fox property, and they officially ended the series after 16-odd years or yes. whatever being on air. <laughs> and I believe Disney, ABC just offered Fox truckloads of money. I think that's normally involved in said well, deal. I read that Fox was mad they were reviving it. So I think an independent production company owned it. Or it might have been one of the producers, like Simon Cowell or Maybe. someone, owned it and right. decided to sell off the rights. Yeah, that's possible. Licensing rights. But needless to say, I will not be appearing on American Idol. <laughs> will you be watching it? Uh, <laughs> you can say no. Nobody no, probably not. I doubt Simon Cowell cares right now. I, I do watch him sometimes. On what? Sometimes. YouTube. <laughs> Through the bushes. Well, I, I briefly watched The Voice, but then I realized that it was like the same thing. So I love The Voice. Yeah. It was fun. This anyway. is The Voice, but there's Anyways. someone else whose voice we want to have on the podcast that's here right now. <laughs> right? That was great. Transitions. <laughs> Transitions. Ladies and gentlemen, back again. Uh, you heard her on episodes 26 and 27 of the podcast. She is a business owner, a professional cosplayer, an actress, uh, model, uh, beautiful human being. Uh, she also portrayed Cinderella, as we discussed before. Should have gone to Broadway. I think it was a missed opportunity. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Allie Williams. Woo! Yay! Hi! Hi, Allie. Yay for returning guests! Yay. Woo! So I, I, I contacted Allie yesterday because we, we last minute decided we wanted to have add something to this podcast other than just Michael and me since we just did that with the Thanksgiving episode. And so I was like, let's let's why don't we contact Allie because Allie has opinions and she is smart and she has had a lot of things happen to her in 20, uh, 2017, a lot of business stuff, a lot of uh, cosplay and professional things. So I thought it'd be fun to have her on to share how she's grown this year and what she's looking forward to in the new year. Well, and it's also been quite a while since we recorded your episode series. 
Uh, so I'm excited to hear just some of the updates and everything yeah. that have happened since then. Yeah. yeah. What month did we record? Oh man, I want to. I want to say it was June. I want to say more July. I think. But I do need to tell you, we actually have to leave this place and drive to another place. No. (laughs) (laughs) Just to stay with what happened last time. (laughs) Inside joke. Um, So uh, thank you so much for being here. Uh, We're really excited to have you here. Um, So just to kind of start off the podcast, uh, one of the things I I was really excited to have Allie on uh, for this as well. Like I said, she has very... uh, very interesting opinions and and we wanted a female voice to this episode because one of the big things that's happened this year um has been the cracking open of sexual harassment and assault allegations throughout hollywood and other parts of uh uh, the u.s and different industries um political and otherwise and you know there's been several you know first of all we i mentioned it in an outro a few uh weeks ago where you know, we definitely support anybody that comes out and shares their story of what's happened to them. That is incredibly brave. And people take for granted what women and men who come out with their stories go through and people not believing them and saying, well, they're just lying. They're trying to get money or there's, you know, whatever reasons they want to make up in their head that these people would come out and share these stories. And, you know, we completely back anybody that does that. We could be back any kind of change that needs to happen in this industry and in any other industry. Uh, but I thought it'd be, you know, it'd be unfair as this kind of podcast that's focused on Hollywood and the this business to not discuss it at all. And I think it would show I, I think it would be um, not unprofessional, but it'd be irresponsible mm-hmm. of us to not bring it up in a more disgusting way. And, I, and I'm really excited to have Ali on to discuss it. Um, to get, you know, yeah, she does little, yes, little finger dances. <laughs> but you know, if it's, you know, me and Michael can discuss it all day, but that's just two dudes discussing it. And you know, even though we both share the same sensitivity to the the problem, the issues, and what these people have gone through, and we definitely feel for them, uh, you know, it it does it means something to have a female's point of view, a female's perspective on here. Um, to talk about it as well. Happy to talk about it. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. So, I mean, this is all kind of cracked open, as Daniel was saying. Um, within the past, I would say, couple months, but it's been a long-standing issue with the Harvey Weinsteins and everything. A lot of the big names that have come out that have, um, you know, light has been shed on the terrible things that have been happening. A lot of these people have been doing it for years, and, mm-hmm. and we've known that, but now it's finally getting that momentum. So, Ali, just, I guess first thoughts or you know opinions that you have about this matter that you know we can start this discussion i mean whenever you hear about hollywood as a kid you you know you think about the fame the the glitz the glamour and then you hear as you start to get older about the shortcuts that some people have taken and it's like oh a casting couch is a thing and um i mean i've never dealt with that kind of stuff because I see the opportunity and then I just say no and I walk away and it's weird that it's like never occurred to me that that's a problem that I have to you know face or bring up or bring to somebody's attention but it's out there and it's it's unfortunate that that's part of the industry you don't go to be a lawyer and the lawyer comes on to you and says well if you want to like move up in this firm Let's uh, step over to my office. It's not a thing. Yeah, and you just touched on something that's very important. Is obviously this isn't just a solely entertainment industry uh, problem. This is a cultural. This is a systemic 
problem of men across multiple industries doing this kind of power play. And unfortunately, the majority of the time it happens to women. Um, but as Anthony Rapp uh, shared with Kevin Spacey, men are also included. And Terry Crews as well. And Terry Crews, yeah. So it's it, it touches everyone in this business. And of course, as a kid, you don't think about being in, involved in any of these type of implications. And it taints the experience. It taints the, the work that so many people do, uh, whether you're an artist or uh, a politician or anything. Mm-hmm. It, it taints everyone that's involved in some way, shape or form. Well, you know, it's, it's one of the things that I really thought I kind of, I thought about today and somebody tweeted about this too uh, the other day is, it's kind of said like, you know, you can definitely mourn uh, the uh, uh, security that some of these people have lost that have gone through this, that are still here in Hollywood, that are still working, but you also need to mourn the talent that we may have never see because of this. And that's what gets to me. I mean, there's so many shortcuts in Hollywood and so many people who get ahead because not because of their talent. And it's so frustrating to like be on the casting side, which I have been, and see somebody who's amazing and wonder why they're not in the public eye. Or you see somebody in a movie and you're like, why the heck did they get there? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand why that role went to them. There's so many people who are so much better. And the back of my mind, I'm always like, I think I know why. Well, I I think one of the biggest issues that, you know, I've seen through this is that things like the casting couch and the stories of Kevin Spacey and other people that you may have heard over the years have this weird, almost inside weird jokey type thing. Like, oh, there's the casting couch. Like it becomes this, you you numb what it means. And, you know, the same thing can happen where back in the 90s when the word gay was so voluntarily used like oh that's gay or you know those shoes are gay which was to put somebody down or like Mm -hmm. you throw like a girl or don't be a girl and you know these things are supposed to be negative because people are desensitized to what they mean and how they impact other people and so now you know coming to light this stuff now can have a basis to stand on where it's like this stuff is real this casting couch quote-unquote or casting desk or whatever you want to call it these things are happening to people and it, it's it, it blows my mind some of these stories of, about Harvey Weinstein and and, and uh, uh, Louis CK and even some of the other you know what happened well, to there Cruz. is the uh, also the Amazon Studios mm-hmm. uh, head producer has also um, been let go amid accusations as well as we're also seeing it happen in the news in the media mm-hmm. and everything with Charlie Rose and Matt Lauer yeah, Matt Lauer, just uh, the, at the time of this recording, that happened this morning. Uh, and, and, and as an actor, I always grew up hearing about the idea of the casting couch. But for me, I just, seeing it all actually surface and everything, it just, I'm just flooded with just like, I can't believe that these people in power would force people to do this. And that as artists, we're so vulnerable in this town. This, this As we've discussed on this uh, podcast, there isn't one direct way to make it right and hopefully one can see the opportunity and kind of go on their own path but there are many people who try and build connections with people who are in the industry and those people in power use that relationship to their advantage and it's just i it's just unspeakable Mm -hmm. what they've done yeah my my problem with the whole thing and i would love to hear your thoughts on this um because i know a lot of people like hate that i use the term witch hunt 
But who's to say that somebody isn't being manipulative, that somebody isn't trying to get their way? Like, there's no way for us to prove one way or another with the majority of these cases. So, you know, what do we do? How do we, like, stop this from leading down a really, like, bad path? Because it just, I don't know, I, I see a lot of this stuff happening and I do believe them. But why is the belief automatically put into the, quote, well, victim? I mean, I think natu- I think the person who comes out against whoever's the perpetrator, it does a lot for one's career, for their own personal life to come out in a public light because it's not like they're getting positive attention from this. So there's not much of an opportunity for them maybe to gain by coming out and having this type of attention brought on them. I don't I pause. I mean, how many publicity stunts have you seen oh. where it's negative attention but it's still attention and it's uh, just yeah, that's Well, there's there are certainly, you know, publicity stunts I think is one um has certainly been employed many times. However, I think this type of attention is one that I I, I don't know how one recovers from something like this. Um but what I was going to say is how you c- combat or how do you approach when such widespread accusations are happening, do something like the Washington Post just did this week, which is through proper journalism investigation. And, you know, they were able to track someone who was trying to make a false accusation accusation against the um, Republican who's running for the Senate in Alabama. Really? So, and the person in behind that was actually an operative of a far-right um, group that was trying to plant a false story that they were See? to discredit the newspaper. See, and that so stuff's what, happening. But, but the thing is, is you investigate it. You, yeah, but that's you, not happening. I mean, no, how many I, times I think do we it see is clickbait? Yeah. It's not happening enough. Mm-hmm. Um, we see stuff roll across our news feeds all the time, and we immediately just go, <gasps> gut reaction. And that's what that stuff is there for. I mean, there's so many biased pages. I mean, is anything really a good news source well, anymore? I, mean, I think, you know, I, I, I get what you're saying, and I think there is uh, the, the problem of, you know, guilty by media and, and guilty by public opinion. And you've seen it a lot re- more recently with cops, you know, the issues with cops and things that have happened in that sense, um, you know, where it's, you see it, you hear the story immediately and you, whatever that story says, you're like, oh my gosh, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. That person's the worst. And But you don't think of the context. Yeah, you or... don't think of the context. You know, the, the, the first thing that comes to mind is in Arlington, Texas, the police officer who put, I guess, was very rough, overly rough with a kid at a party and there was a video of it, but the video is very all over the place it misses a lot of it and you know there's a lot of things where you're you you are not there like you are not at this party and so you know everybody wants to jump to a yes it's got to be yet black or white and and it's got to be wrong or right and i and so i totally understand from where you're coming from and in every uh, uh allegation and every um finger point needs to be checked and double checked and you know make sure their stories don't change and and that's and that's not saying you don't believe you're not you're not trying to discredit them. You're trying to credit them. You want to make sure that what they're saying is true, so that 
it can be used to the best that it can be used for, mm-hmm. whether that's to get this person out of whatever position he has so he doesn't do it to anybody else. And just like you said, there are people who will come out. That, I mean, that's not the first time that's happened. No, of course Where not. they've tried to plant, people have tried to plant false stories or gain just public people. Some people don't need money. They just want attention, whatever that attention is. Yeah. And so. But I would say of some of the bigger names that we've heard of, accused there are there's been many of the reactions that we've seen which is oh i don't remember that night i must have had a lot to drink and they kind of like skirt what the actual Mm -hmm. story is and then you have others like you know someone tried to accuse george takei and obviously we that situation's being looked into Mm -hmm. but he was able to come out and you know as himself just say like look this did not happen but it's been very interesting seeing the the variety, not variety, but seeing how people come out about it. But then you get people like Louis C.K. who, you know, confirmed it. Mm-hmm. He he didn't try to fight it. So, but would he have done that had these people, had these women not come out about it? Right. Well, you know, one, one of the things, and Ali brought this up when we were discussing doing the show, that kind of came out of this was the hashtag Me Too campaign, um, where uh, allowing people to maybe don't want to tell their stories, but want to identify like hey this is the systemic it it is everybody's affected by this and it happens to everyone you know and what's really been interesting and i would like to hear ali's thought and michael's thought about this is that um the i've seen a lot of my friends who are very on a very strong feministic point of view a very feministic stand who have battled themselves and have talked about their debate with themselves about guys joining the hashtag me too campaign and I've had some, and, and, and some of them were like very much like, I don't, you know, I, this is a strong time for women. I don't, you know, and I'm debate because all people should have a voice, but something about, you know, men taking it over and trying to undercut it. And I was like, I, my, my personal thought, if you've been affected by sexual assault or harassment, whether male, female, trans, whatever, you should have a voice. And I think most of them have come to terms to that as well, hopefully. Uh, but, you know, what are y'all's thoughts on that campaign and what it's done? And what do you how do you think that has how, what, how do you think that helps not only society, but the individual? Um, I definitely agree with you that it shouldn't be just one gender that um, it's important that it's said that it happens to everyone. Literally everyone has a story. And I think that's what came to light for a lot of people during that campaign. Um, it was a very dark time on the internet, though. I have to say, some of the stuff I read, I was like, I don't know that I needed to hear all that. But that was their choice to put that out there. And for a lot of the stuff, I just like, okay, and just kept scrolling. Like, I didn't need to know all that information, but it was out there for anybody who wanted to know. So, um, Like, it wasn't necessarily for you to read all of that, but it was more important that they came yeah. out and felt like they were in a safe enough environment to say that. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, it's your social media, so you surround yourself with whoever you want to hear those kind of things, as I hope, anyways. <laughs> I hope people aren't just <laughs> accepting random friend requests. But, um, yeah, I I posted a thing about the Me Too campaign, which wasn't like, here's my story, but, like, you guys realize that it this isn't a, hey, look at me, draw attention to me. This is a... This is a whole issue, and it's happening to everyone. It isn't me too. It's everyone. 
So that was my big stance on that because I've had story and a story and again. I mean, and I've heard bad stuff from other people and I'm like, okay, well, you know, everyone's got some kind of story. It's, it's unfortunate, but it's like, okay, as someone who's very positive and who doesn't like to give attention to negative things, my thought is, and this happens with a lot of these campaigns, uh, this happened with a lot of um, stuff that I've seen with like the pipeline of things. It's like, okay, we're drawing attention of really important things, but we need to take action. What do we do next? And a lot of these campaigns just die. And it and frustrates problem, me. And that's the problem with a lot of this stuff is the attention's there, but then it just kind of fades away. Yeah. Well, fortunately, this you know, hashtag movement has actually resulted in legislation that is now being presented in Congress. There, it is a hashtag me too bill. Really? Um, I haven't had the time to actually like read through it and everything, but that is something that is being presented. And there was also just within the past uh, couple days, uh, multiple senators from both sides of the aisle have brought forward um, more legislation of trying to, within Congress, build more of a specific, like, way to report it. Because, you know, as we mentioned in the intro of this topic, this has, you know, been cropping up in politics as well. And so we now have legislators who are trying to present legislation to create change, hopefully within Congress. Um, But for me, when the Me Too movement happened, I mean, you know, seeing parents of friends of mine also come out about it and... It was heartbreaking because it's so easy on the normal social media side. Everyone posts all of their good days, but this was a moment of, and I think it was a, a much needed moment for society as a whole to be like, Hey, we have been avoiding this conversation for a long time. So let's talk about it. And for me, I felt like it was my, my time to listen. Like kind of like what, you were saying like, you know, sometimes, you know, will you read all of the posts or everything? Maybe not. But for me, it was just a moment of like, I as a man in this country need to listen. Like, that's one of the things I've taken away from this moment is like, I just need to, there's moments where, it, where you can speak, but then if something like this hasn't happened to you or something, you need to be able to just like listen mm-hmm. and hear what's being said and think about, you know, one's own choices throughout their path and everything like that. And I think uh, just as a guy, this was this has been a movement that is forcing men to listen. And I think that's a good thing. Um, for this industry, and especially since we are kind of all personally in this industry, you know, modeling and acting and, and the entertainment creative industry, uh, what do you guys feel personally we as individuals, not not really talking about like the big corporations, but we as f- creative individuals who maybe run sets and run photo shoots or are part of fo- photo shoots and a part of sets, what do you guys feel we can do differently or better or just be more alert on uh, to make sure that things like this can get better and that you know there's no chance of an allegation coming from a set you're on that you're running or you know even or, though you know, or for this to have just been a moment that is oh this is all talked about but then nothing happens right, right like right. that makes sure that we take action right. no, that this doesn't just keep repeating itself 
Um, I've become very vocal directly to the person's face. And this is something that takes a lot of guts, makes me shake. Um, but I do it. And I've had a couple instances with like photographers asking for things and I'm like, you realize this isn't okay. And it's literally like putting it a benefit of the doubt in their hands for just a moment in case something was misunderstood and like being like, okay, you realize I, I'm not going to just show up to your place and do a photo shoot with you. I've never met you. And this is a very sexy feeling shoot. If you really want me to feel comfortable, you have to let me bring someone with me. And that's that. And just being really clear and just being like, okay, here we go. And I feel like a lot of people are just scared to do that. And we just need to just stutter our way through it and just say it. Because if it's not said, then how is that person who may just not really realize what they're saying or does and has never had anyone speak out to them? How are they going to stop? How are they going to change? I I think it's something that you said is really important is perception. One person can see themselves doing one thing and another person perceives it differently. And that's very – I I knew a guy in college who – was very comfortable hugging girls and he meant there was nothing for him sexual or offensive about it he just like he was just a hugger but he hugged some girls that he didn't know really well and it made them very uncomfortable and so it's that perception like i don't know you even though you're comfortable so it's one i think it's being personally aware of what you're doing and who you're doing it to how long have you known this person how well do you know this person is it, did you just meet them two days ago or have you known them for two years and what's your relationship like? That's something to, you know, it's easy in a theatrical, uh, creative environment to get a sense of closeness very easily because you all have to let your shields down. You have to be close. You have to be emotionally vulnerable to certain things, but that also opens you up to misreading situations and misunderstanding signals and and feelings and things like that or or thinking that it's comfortable to suggest something Mm. you know like a photographer thinking Mm. like oh it's okay if we maybe do this type Mm. of shot right but not having any type of communication Mm. with the model or uh, the actor before that moment that there is a clear understanding of what the work is Mm -hmm. and that there's clear communication throughout the experience that it's not left open to sometimes interpretation. I think uh, one of uh, a photographer that I know, I'm, I know uh, Ali knows geek strong, at least that's how I know him. I don't know his name, but I know him on Instagram is geek strong. Uh, I've talked to him about being on the podcast in the future. Um, one, he posted an Insta story about that's two photographers about how to deal, not deal. That's not the right word, but how to treat models on their shoot. And basically like, don't, come into this looking for a relationship or to flirt. And that's what the whole thing was about. It was like flirting as a photographer with models. And it was really, it it was very, I mean, impassioned as a photographer. And he's like, you know, anybody that I shoot, I look at as a a business transaction. And if nothing else, a friend that I'm helping out. And I don't use that opportunity to prey on them in that way. And so, you know, it really is about, Knowing what the situation is, what the relationship is, any even no matter how close you become on set, whether you're working 16-hour days, you know, if me and Allie are shooting 16-hour days, we're leads in a movie, no matter how close we are, what the scenes are, it's still a workplace. 
We are both working. Now, we may become really good friends after it. We may form a great connection afterwards. But at the end of the day, you are in a place of business. Even if that business is outside in a park with three cameras around you, you're still at a place of business. And you are, you are making a business transaction with this other person. It's no different than working on a, uh, some kind of proposal for a company where you're working in an office where you have to partner with somebody and come up with some kind of presentation. You're doing the same thing. You're working with a teammate to get the job done. And that's how it should always be looked at no matter what. Yes, become friends. Have fun. That's, what it, that's one of the best things about this business. But everyone should feel comfortable. And if you don't, like Ali said, speak up. Go to someone you feel comfortable with. If you don't feel comfortable going by yourself, find someone that you trust to go with you. One of the best things I've heard out of this is uh, Stephen Amell from Arrow who came out and said, if anybody on our set or in any of the other sets in the DC Arrowverse that shoots were near us does not feel comfortable going by themselves, I will go with them and I will stand beside them, in front of them, behind them, wherever they need me. I will speak for them if they want to tell me and I'll talk whatever they want. And that's what everybody should have is that person that they feel if they don't feel comfortable going by themselves and talking to somebody, they can go, Hey, will you come with me? Cause I just need someone there. You yeah. Know? There's just so many great opportunities out there that, and you just don't want to miss out on it. And that's what happens with this Hollywood stuff. I have a lead for you in a future. Come on over. Um, and that's not how it, should work and what happens is they just keep on with that behavior because no one says anything well and and also because they're that's a person of power so if you're if you're an aspiring actor and you know you get this proposition you know the filmmaker is you know very well known or you know has good influence could do wonderful things for your career there's no rules right there there's no HR department in this situation. There's no middle person that's going to be there to also monitor the situation. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a very tricky situation. And, you know, one would hope that, you know, you can be strong and just not accept that offer. I have a fun story about a great example of somebody who was interested in Push the Line but had a very polite and correct way of doing it, what I thought So um, I did this like test pilot thing for TMZ years ago for like one of their reality show things. And um, on the episode, we were surprised you're being taken to Vivid Entertainment to you're going to on the bus ride, you're going to write out the scene and you're going to act it out with a porn star. And I'm like, this is so freaking fascinating. Like, I can't wait to meet these people and see what this world is like. We all kept our clothes on and it was all fun. It was all like PG, you know, PG 13. So everything was fine. But afterwards, apparently I got everyone's attention. I won the episode. Um, so I did really well. And afterwards, the head of the company had his assistant come over and talk to me. And it was like very polite. And he's like, Hey, he's just wondering if, um, it's possible to maybe take you out to lunch for some time. And I looked at him and I looked because he's like standing over there. I'm like, this is a little, little odd, but okay, sure. Um, I looked at him and said, thank you so much. I appreciate uh, the offer. Um, if he's interested in discussing main, I think has it mainstream business opportunities, I'd be more than happy to meet with him. Otherwise, I'm going to pass. Thank you so much. And it was the most polite turndown of a life as a porn star I've ever had. Um, but it was just like, that's fine. 
And there's a way to do that. I mean, you know, you're definitely still in a workplace and that's pushing the line. But he was very polite about it. And I was like, if I've ever had any kind of like, you know, toe in the line situation that I'm like, that's okay. Um, I was like, okay, that's fine. Because it wasn't him coming on to me one on one. It wasn't anything suggestive. It was literally just an offer to come out to lunch. And he didn't like keep pushing after no. It was great. I was like, yay. So yeah, there's a there's a way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also one can hope that, you know, the other side gets the message very loud and clear. Um, you know, some as it seems though, it's not always as easy. Yeah, no's yeah. not taking easily sometimes. Um, but thinking about myself, what I can do in the in the coming year and coming years, um, when just with me as a person, I mean First of all, as a man, hearing other men talk about women, calling them out. Um, my brother, he works with kids, and um, one of the things that he's noticed in recent times is young men talking about women, like, oh, how do you get a girl? How do you get that? And, you know, calling to the attention of you don't get anything. You know, you have an opportunity to be in the presence of someone who's a wonderful and beautiful and amazing, and, you know, you're lucky if they spend the time to talk to you, but you don't get or own anything a part of that. And I think it's very important, um, men, if you're out there and you're listening, I think it's really important that you start calling out behavior when you see it, bad, toxic behavior when you see it, because it starts with us. It, it You know, a lot of the, you know, uh, people that are, perpetrating this behavior a lot of them are men and I think you know you can be a good person and go through your life and maybe not touch anything but bad things happen around you and I think you know bad things happen because sometimes those around them they recognize it's a bad situation but they don't say anything they just keep going and I think it it's just as bad and so you were just talking about you know being the person in that situation and having trying to bring up the strength to say and having the strength to say no, I think it's also, if you witness it, if you're a witness to that event, you also need to have the strength to go in and say no mm. to, well, pre- to prevent that behavior and also have it be a teachable mm-hmm. moment. Right. And, well, and also not throw it away as, oh, that's just that person. Like that was a thing that came out of the Charlie Rose thing was somebody did complain to their producers and was like, oh, they're like, oh that's just Charlie being Charlie. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's Charlie being a D-bag. Like, that's not, if that's true, like, that's not right. And, but people desensitize themselves to it, especially if it's a workplace that they're, they've been working at or they've known this person for years. They, they see that that's just part of that person's personality. Again, that it's that perception. How do you perceive who, what this person does? And I've had conversations with people that I love and care deeply about and, you know, they're men and, some some of them would bring up the idea of like, oh, well, this is how it's always been. This is like, look back through civilization. Men have always done this type of behavior. You're never going to change it. But don't let that, don't let that be an excuse. Yes, clearly this has happened t- for far, far, far too long. But change can only happen if you start making the change. And, and this is not, I'm not saying this to you. Yeah. This is a general you. Don't put all men in that category. Like, don't like men are just men. No, 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 no. I don't sit there and go, hey, you want to go back to my place? Then you can be a part of this movie. Or I don't whip whip things out in front of girls 
and do things that are completely inappropriate that just astounds me that someone thinks is okay or even thinks about doing. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. The, anybody that's like, Oh, men are men. Mm. No. And, but, and that's what I mean though. Like you need to be able to talk to them and, you know, try and have them come to an understanding and, you know, don't yell down each other's throats because then change isn't going to happen, but you have to bring them to an understanding. And, you know, yes, the, this is how the industry, how some history has been, but we need to have this conversation because it's not what it should be. Yeah, I mean, times are always changing. Things are improving. My, my problem with a lot of this is that it's you guys, men. And I don't, it's just, I'm all about equality and you I lead don't... everything, even sexual harassment. Yeah, um, and not saying that these women are asking for it or anything, but I'm saying it can go both ways. And it's just... Well, I think um, the head producer of Charlie Rose's program was a woman. So, I mean, it's it's clearly there, there are, you know, people on both sides that are to blame about it. And I do think, though, in general, it's seeming more and more like we do need more women in power, more women in positions of power, Georgia production companies... In more involved in politics, we need more equal representation of both sexes and people just across the board. And I think part of this behavior on the men's side is because there hasn't been that clear check. Now, you know, in the case of Charlie Rose, that's one specific mm. incident. Well, that's not the entire right. situation. Well, I mean, I've, I've heard some of the Me Too's I've heard, I, I read that I had either, not detailed stories, but general ideas of what happened. I'll, there was a decent por- portion that was guys who had women bosses that harassed them or assaulted them. So, it, you know, it's definitely, you know, I, I'm somebody, an, another thing on Twitter, because it always goes back to Twitter. Uh, somebody posted like, oh, we should just have, women in charge of everything and then this won't happen not that's not how this works you can't just all of a sudden reverse sex it and go sexism it and go all guys are horrible nobody no guy should be in charge it's the best it person needs for to the be, job yeah it needs to be a balanced out women or men whatever you identify as it doesn't matter don't be an a-hole exactly don't you know what you know a decent idea of what's right and wrong know that pulling something you know pulling your pants down in front of somebody in a business environment that did not ask for it um you know so you know the one of the somebody said that the best way to know if a girl wants to see you naked is if she's naked also like and mm-hmm. and like that's that then maybe you're okay but if that don't get naked like don't do it you know it, it's it's this generalization of whether it's men or women there's bad on both sides and so yes definitely more women in power is not a terrible thing at all and definitely a balance needs to be there but again it starts with making sure that boys kids girls understand that this is not a joke like the casting couch is not a joke people have been hurt people's lives and dreams have been destroyed because of this and so it needs to be more thoughtfully processed and thought about so that when they grow up, they are aware that this is a real thing that they need to be careful with and careful of and alert about around them. So for people who are next to them that may be having that, they can go, no, 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 that's not cool. You need to stop doing that. The guy that gave random hugs to girls, me and another guy pulled him aside and said, hey, you need to stop doing that because several girls complained to us. About yeah, it. I've been vocal about that you know, with a couple like, people. I'm like, it's like, dude, hey. you know, you, yeah, you, know, like, you know you mean nothing actually, about it. I was like, I prefer that we don't do a hug. It makes me uncomfortable. And they're like, oh, okay. 
Yeah, and it's, it's just like yeah, it's, it's not a simple thing. And I, I told him, look, dude, I I know you're not doing it because to harm them or any kind of lustful thing. You just want to give them a hug, and I totally get that. But they do not know you. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't hug people until I get to know them, unless they go to hug me first. Like it's it's just I'm and I'm from the south. I'm from a hugging family. I'm from huggers. But I know. I just met this person. I'm going to shake their hand, not yeah. just give them a hug out of nowhere. I did that today, actually. I was so excited meeting up with um, Evil Ted. Um, <laughs> and he, like, put together the backpack that we're working on for one of my costumes. And we were leaving. And um, I was like, thank you so much. And I gave him a handshake. And I looked at him and I was like, can I give you a hug? And he's like, yeah. See, you ask. <laughs> just ask. <laughs> just ask. I was just so excited. And if they say no... It's done. Yeah. No means no. Fist Whatever up. you think. Whatever dumb <laughs> shirts are out there, bumper stickers, no means no. Yeah. So in the end, be aware, be alert, be vocal if it's happening, and take it seriously. If you were in charge of a set, a workplace, an office, whatever, be alert and be, take it seriously. Don't just go, oh, that's Michael being Michael. Like, it's, it is, you know. It, you need to address it because it will affect every part of your work environment and it will destroy someone's love for whatever they do. Be compassionate, be understanding, and be a vehicle for change. I'm going to talk more about it if you don't know. <laughs> 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 We've got three more hours on this, guys. Right. Uh, yeah, we can so, talk about this all day. <laughs> so uh, we just wanted to, I, you know, I think that was important to bring up. Thank you so much, Allie, for your thoughts and your opinions mm-hmm. on that. Um, They're you know, not the popular opinions. You know, I get people riled up when I talk about this stuff, and I'm like, oh, well, we, we need stuff we don't talk about, but it needs to be said. It needs to be said, but it also, friends need to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Friends need to listen to one another, and I think that's something in the social media age we don't do too often. Yeah. It's so easy to go on Twitter and pipe off, you know, your belief but not listen to any of the responses that you're getting it's it's so easy to not listen if you haven't talked about this with your friends like daniel and i we actually have had multiple conversations about this and it that's how change happens it's by sitting down with your friends with your local group and just talking about it so it is the end of the year we have a few more weeks before christmas my favorite holiday uh, and then New Year's f- right around the corner from there. Um, Michael and I have been doing the podcast f- all year. <laughs> uh, but the podcast has been around for uh, about six months now. Uh, we By the end of the year, we will have 39 episodes of the podcast. Uh, uh, thir- <laughs> probably over probably around 50 hours worth of podcast stuff. If you look at hour and a half episodes and stuff like that. And then add on editing and guests and everything else it probably a good hundred hours spent on this podcast and then there's the graphics and social media <laughs> yeah that, that, that we, we won't even count those those minutes yeah um but uh you know it's it's been an interesting year for both michael and i and, and, and for ali as well and um you know i think it's important to kind of talk about your journey and what you've been through this year and where you're looking forward to it's important to have you know uh, to look at what you've done and what you can do better, um, you know, and where you can change or what you need to keep the same or where you can grow. And, uh, you know, I want to talk a little bit about the podcast and where we've been. Uh, we've talked, we talk a lot about where it came from a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't need to get in too much detail about that. Cause that's been said before, but, um, I thought it'd be nice just to kind of talk about 
where we where we started and where we are and how we feel about it, Michael. Yeah. Um, and Allie, more than welcome to chime in <laughs> on the show. Or if you have questions, <laughs> you know, <laughs> please. If you want to interview us about this. Um, so what was your inspiration for starting this podcast? Well, uh, back in 1955, uh, no, you know, uh, this podcast started out of just a love for this business and being inspired by my friends. Um, you know, I have several friends who are photographers and creators and are actively creating things. And that's just constantly amazing to me about how did you do that? Like, how did you on a zero dollar budget make this? You know, how did you do a Kickstarter and get $60,000? You know, how, how, how? And, you know, how do you record an album? How do you do magic? How, how do you learn this? Why do you learn this? What, how do you get an agent for magic? You know, these are questions that I constantly ask because I want to know. I want to know how things get made. <laughs> like, the, that's why this show's not titled that because there's already that. But, you know, I, I, it's just a curiosity that I've always had. I have a natural curiosity about things and I love, I'm nosy. I'm a nosy guy about things. Michael knows that. And That's why they call him Whiskers. This got me Whiskers because I got Whiskers around my nose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're drinking. Uh, so, Saturday Night Live reference. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, it was just, it really was that, a general just curiosity and uh, wanting to also, one of my resolutions this year was to meet more people in the business and make more contacts and friends in the industry that aren't just people I knew from Texas that live here already. Uh, I got lucky meeting Michael several years ago and we've, you know, grown really close. Um, and so meeting people like Allie and, and people like, uh, you know, Ashley, uh, Mary Nunez and, and Eric and uh, uh, Jazz Trice and all these people. Just keep listing all of the guests' names. Yes. I will test you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Kim Tillman and, and, and Joel Ward and all these people. Okay. I know. All these people that we've met has been so great for me personally because it just makes me feel more at home here in Los Angeles and less separated from the business and the industry. And allows me – I love supporting people. I love – giving them shout outs and like if somebody has something great i'll share it like i just i that's just something I, I love seeing people who i care about who are nice people succeeding and so getting to know these people gives me the opportunity to do that to like their stuff on instagram and share hey this person's in a movie or this person's doing a shoot or here's a picture that they they did in their modeling job you know it's been it's it's been such a rewarding experience just in that, and I feel like I've actually completed a resolution <laughs> this year. And I found, but I, and I found a fun way to do it that helps hopefully other people um, as well. And uh, you know that that for me was the initial start was kind of a selfish one in a way. Like I want to meet more people in the business so I can learn and just make more friends and I, you know I don't feel like you could ever have enough people around you to support you and who you can support you know uh Michael why did you join this crazy wacky journey well I had this friend named Whiskers here <laughs> <laughs> no uh I as many of our listeners may recall but for any new listeners uh Daniel and I have been very close friends and you know creative partners and we had worked on multiple projects and there had been, for one reason or another, certain things had fallen through, and not for lack of our effort, um, but for me, I've since moving to LA and stuff. I'm I'm always someone who I try to finish what I start, and so 
when Daniel pitched me this idea of a podcast, I love podcasts. I listen to podcasts almost every single day while I'm at work going to and from work. I just live and breathe podcasts and you know, there's so many great ones. And so having the opportunity to work behind the mic was a very fun experience. And so of course, you know, I love hearing artist stories and one of the things I I did growing up was just watch inside the actor's studio. And the inspiration as a young man, I felt from, you know, watching Tom Hanks, Robin Williams, um, you know, all of these actors and actresses come, come on. That's kind of what I wanted to tap into. And the hope to inspire those who have not uh, come to LA yet, or for those who are thinking of getting involved in some artistic form, if we could be a platform that serves as an inspiration that teaches people about Los Angeles, because I didn't know anything about LA before I moved in, you know, this whole podcast is all about also Los Angeles. How do you live in this city that so many people come for this dream and there is no roadmap. And so when Daniel pitched me that idea and like, well, this podcast could be a roadmap. This could be a guide. This could be that way to not only inspire artists, but to also prep them for this town. And I think there's also multiple running themes of that extent to any city, really, any big major market. And so getting the opportunity to meet people that aren't just also specifically actors, but cosplay, um, cosplayers, magicians, musicians, and there's so many more, there's so many more uh, people we've already interviewed for next year that it's just, you know, I, I was w- looking into this to hopefully inspire others, but it's also been inspiring myself to see how much one can actually do. And, you know, not to use the name of the podcast, but it's the Hollywood hustle. It's, you know, you're always going, you're always going, and you're not confined to any just one thing. You're going in and you're, you know, you're writing on this project and you're acting in this one, but then you're maybe a lighting designer on something else. And it's just, it's been so cool to hear about all the many different paths that lead to one's success. And it's more and more we find it's not because you came here for one specific thing. It's because you came down and you found all of these interests and you didn't let those interests stop you. You you embraced them and that's ultimately how you find success. Creative hotspot. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's what our show is, The Hot Spot. The Hot Spot. <laughs> I'm glad I tur- turned that one down, Daniel. <laughs> Welcome to The Hot Spot. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's obviously Michael was a, a, a no-brainer choice just because we worked so closely together. And I knew we worked really well in a business setting together. So I knew that we could get mad at each other and then afterwards go see a movie, have a drink, and have fun. Like, that's just who we are. Um, but also take these lessons and apply them to our yeah, own yeah. journeys. Yeah, <laughs> and we have. Yeah. I, I think we've done. We've we've taken. We take a lot of what people tell us and talk to us about, and truly try to add it to our lives and to our journeys. We practice what they. I'm pointing preach. to Ali. <laughs> preach. Yeah. <laughs> pointing uh, stage direction. He points to Ali. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, you know, Ali, and one one of the things I really love about this is that you, even if that person's career is not your career. Um, magic or music or cosplay or whatever there's still pieces that you can take from their journey and you know one of the things I've taken from Allie is her incredible use of social media 
And that's something I've drilled her on and asked her about, like, multiple questions. Like, well, how do you do this? Why? How do you get... I have new information. A- ooh, ooh, update. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in hot on the wire. Um, but, you know, how do you get 83 people to watch your life, you know, your Instagram live? And, and, and so taking that, you know, I don't really want to be a cosplayer. I'm terrible at costumes. Oh, um, I, I think he could rock some, <laughs> some good costumes. I'll do cat cosplay. Kingpin? Kingpin? King, ooh, I'll do a kingpin, yeah. Yeah. Um, find me a nice white suit. Uh, but yeah, you know, and, and so take him to Hooters, <laughs> take me to Hooters. Um, but yeah, talk, you know, talking to her about that, that I took that from her and, and really tried to add it to our show and my own life. And so it's stuff like that where, you know, it, you can't just throw away, Oh, this is a magician that I'm listening to. I don't, I don't care about listening to that. How does that journey. apply to me? Yeah, there's, you can find something in there. Um, you know, I try when we come up with questions, Michael and I, usually come up with the questions together. We, we share back and forth and f- figure out what the best outline is for that show and where we can get the best knowledge from that person. And we try to find things that can apply not only directly to what their profession is, but to the general idea for other people, like starting a business and things like that. Like your business may not be a princess business, but you can still listen to what, you know, Ali has to say about starting a business and dealing with clients and personally and things like that and maybe take it and apply it to your business. Duh. Like, <laughs> it's just no-brainers. Well, what's also really cool about having you here, Ali, specifically, is that you're one of our first guests that we had on the podcast that we didn't know. We didn't know. And, that was, and that was really special. It was just like, you know, here's this person. You know, we, we only recently found out about their career. I think, Daniel, you were the – you. You found her, right? Yeah. So I sent her a long-winded email uh, <laughs> that explained not only who – this is an example for you guys who's listening. I sent her an email that explained who I was, uh, what this, where I was from, what this podcast is, and where we are in the podcast. And I think we were – I think we had just started – Airing. I think we had just yeah, had our first few week episodes, or two yeah. of so, episodes. And so before that, people I contacted, I said, you know, we haven't released yet. We're about to, but uh, this is what we are. With her, we had already released, so I was able to let her know that. But, you know, I sent her the, a very, three or four paragraph email just explaining everything so she could have a comfortability of not just, my name's Daniel. Do you want to be on my podcast? <laughs> like, you know, it's like, I don't know. You know, no. I, you know, I get requests <laughs> like that for all kinds of things. Yeah. <laughs> and so I explained exactly what we were. And, I, and, and when she said, sure, I literally, because I think she generally, her and Ashley were the first two that I emailed and both came back with yeses. And I was literally shocked that she said yes. Um, and, and so pleased. And, and now we chat on Instagram and we share stuff. She's been on our IG lives. I've gone to her IG lives. And so, you know, I think for me, that was just awesome. And I thank you for that, for, for taking that chance and coming on the show with us. And, and, um, and, and for me, it was very important to represent the show when she said yes because again this is the first person that doesn't know who we are sadly we had a little problem with recording which I, we were both incredibly embarrassed about we were on the phone while we were driving talking about how embarrassed we were um but you know one of the things that Allie said and i hope she doesn't mind she said you know i sent her her outline she's like wow you guys are really professional and i was like well we you know i want to i want people to respect us and respect what this is this is not just a Oh, I want to do a podcast. This is something really important to me and important to Michael. And I think what we give to our guests and what we show our guests and what we have needs to be represent that. And if we can have a great outline that shares what this show is and offers the proper things to talk about, that is part of that. Um, 
<laughs> we're, we're on Instagram live and waving right now. Yep, uh, because it is, uh, we're running out of time. We're running out of time, so we're, we'll, we'll say goodbye. Oh, oh, we have three seconds. Bye. Bye. So, <laughs> so, Michael, uh, <laughs> so what would you say, um, starting this podcast, what would you say for you um, was the most difficult thing at the beginning to getting this going? I would say it was getting the technical knowledge of podcasting, audio equipment, learning how it all goes together, building the team. Um, you know, when we launched the Kickstarter and everything, we didn't know the exact knowledge of audio editing. So we sought out people and we were able to bring on um, our brother, Kel Torados, on as our sound engineer. But it was really learning, like, the, you know, how one warms up for a run or exercise. It's the same thing with podcasting, with getting the equipment set up, getting all the proper things you want, making sure the outline's ready to go, and just doing all the necessary pre-work before you hit record. Mm -hmm. And that it takes more than just hitting record and putting the mic in front of someone. Like, mm -hmm. there's a specific way you got to do it. So it, it was kind of just getting all of that technical knowledge. Like, we, we have inspiration. We have passion and wanting to listen to artists but just trying to do it in the best way possible to pass it on to our listeners yeah i, I agree that was definitely one of the the more challenging parts was just going what do we need and what do we do um luckily i'd done some podcasting before so I, and i have friends that did it they gave me advice so we had an idea of what we needed but how to put it all together for sure was and, really difficult and we had the research and everything but it's mm -hmm. one thing to know about it it's another thing to do actually do execute it um learn through doing you know yes. so, so so ali so that you're not just sitting there listening <laughs> to us babble on about our podcast because <laughs> you know it's so awesome um you have a youtube uh, uh show called the drunken uh cosplayer yeah uh, unboxing show Got it. Um, I had, I had to, it slowly came back to me on what the actual <laughs> title was. Um, what was your, when you were starting that, what was the biggest challenge for you when you started that channel? Um, I have to say the editing, even though I have experience with that, you just kind of want to get it out and show it to people. As soon as you like record something, I'm sure you all go through the same thing. Where you're like, as soon as you hit record and get something awesome, you're like, yes, I want to share it with everybody. But they're like, no, I have all these hours of work ahead of me. So um, I was very fortunate that I got the Media Jack um, JD to help me with the last couple episodes. And it's awesome, but it's still like I'm not getting the following that I want, uh, the eyes on it. So I'm actually, one of my 2018 goals is to switch over to Twitch. I'm very excited about that because people love to watch and participate live in things like we're doing right now. In, in the actual editing and whole creative process. They want to see what you're doing. Yeah, and so I'm just going to do live of the, um, the show and then have my editor just edit like a one minute teaser for social media, for YouTube and draw people over to one platform. So I got very big plans for that. I'm very excited. That's awesome. Very excited. Um, that's yeah, that, that's it's, you know, finding if something's not working, finding a new path to that, you can still keep it what you want it to be, but just make it better, hopefully. And 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 something that hopefully will grow faster for you. For sure. Yeah. And, and I can tell definitely just from early on in our podcast, just the first few episodes, uh, Jessica Hanna, she was episodes three and four? No, five and six. Uh, she was our first edited or our first recorded interview. And 
<laughs> you can tell a little bit. <laughs> uh, we were learning how to use the equipment and everything, but you just learn as you go. And being okay with it, not freaking out about it, I thought is one of the things we learned very early on that sometimes audio glitches or things will happen and you just have to keep calm and keep going. I think a lot of creative types. Yeah. <laughs> keep calm and carry on. I can't believe I missed I that. Like, I was like, make like a tree and get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that was your biff I just moment. had a Biff Tannen yeah. moment. Oh. oh, no. I think a lot of creative types um, go through that like fear of trying to be perfect the first time out. And um, it's just proof that you just got to just jump into it if it is something you're interested in and passionate about and just give it a try and learn as you go and continue to get better. Because I know my business, my like, for example, the first draft of my website for my business, looking back on it, like, oh, my gosh, why did anybody invite me to the birthday party? Like, (laughs) Like, it's come a long way, but I wouldn't have gotten to the point where I am now if I didn't try that first one and learn and learn yeah yeah well you know the first i the first episode recorded was jessica hannah shout out jessica hannah we love you um bootleg theater we love you so again we 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 had an outline so that hadn't changed we did do outlines for the shows um the biggest difference that you'll hear other than us learning how to record something um is that it's just me and jessica Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael is not on that ep- that episode. Oh, really? And we, I interviewed. The first part was about her journey, like usual. It was the usual one on one. The second was about LA. It was very LA specific, but again, it was just me and her talking about LA. And on the drive home, I called Michael because it was our first recording. We were really excited and we we're like, "Hey, what do you think?" It was like, "Yeah, it went great, other than some of the technical stuff, and we loved it. Yay!" And I go, "I think you need to be on the second part." Uh-huh. <laughs> he made a Scooby-Doo sound, yeah. um, and I, I was like, and I go, you know, I don't, let's try that on our next. Our next recording was Kurt, and I go like, let's try this on that recording, and um, I think that way it'll be, it just will take a little of the stress off me, and let's make it more of a conversation and less of a one-on-one interview because we already have that. So that way, both the two episodes aren't exactly the same, just different topics. So. This way, it's a conversation. That way, you get the journey, and then you get to know the person and their opinions. And um, and Michael was like, "Yeah, we can give it a shot." And I think that really was the start of what this show was going to be. And um, and I think Kurt Mega's episode that was actually the first time I was on. Yeah, yeah that was you were because yeah. okay, that, that was our. I'm pretty sure that was our first recording, wasn't it? No, Jessica Hanna was our first. No, I mean recording. our second recording. Yeah, I mean, Kurt, was, Kurt our second Mega was our second. And, and so you know that that way you jumped on that one, and it just felt better. Like, I felt better because a little of the weight was off me on that second part, and it was just a fun conversation, and I felt like since then, like, that's what I love about the second part, is it's just a conversation, and it's just yeah, there's us char- there, talking about topics. Exactly. It's, you know, it's less like, you and we ask one question, you answer. Ask another question, you answer. It's, it's more of just an open and free discussion. Yeah. And so it's, again, you know, it, we can, an artist can get so focused on what it, they think it should be that they close themselves off to, you know, the other ways that it could be. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's been fun seeing as the years progressed, how, you know, the, the show is shaped and yeah. formed, but we also have ideas for the future. Well, like what? <laughs> yeah. Well, real quick, I was going to say that that was my challenge was letting go of having the show be perfect right away because I wanted, I had this idea and I was like, this is going to work. And I'm I'm always willing and open for change, as, as hopefully you've seen, uh, Michael. But Not at all. <laughs> um, 
But, you know, it was one of the things where I was like, I was so a little frustrated. I was like, oh, I don't think, I mean, it was a great conversation. Part two of Jessica Hanna and me and her, it's like, she made it a great conversation talking about LA. She's so funny and so just willing to chat. But I, you know, I, I was a little, I was a little frustrated. I was like, oh, why didn't we think about this in the first place? You know? And so, cause I, I look at myself in a little bit and Michael and I have talked about it in the sense of duties, but I look at myself as kind of the executive producer and thinking that whole structure and going, what can make this a perfect, great podcast? And so that was my challenge at the beginning was kind of letting it become slowly what it needs to become as we go and letting it evolve into but what it is now. Also, those are only two of the what will be 39 episodes of our first well, season. Yes, but so. I'm one of those people where it's like, I wanted it to be great. You know what but, I mean? Like right it, out of the bat. You know, you can, you can be stressed out about that. But one thing that I told Daniel very early on, because we initially started off trying to release two episodes a week. Mm-hmm. And we did that for the first month. And I don't know how we survived of just like all the work and the promotion of, of all those episodes. Mm-hmm. And I was the one to tell Daniel, like, I think we need to adjust mm-hmm. because, you know, we have jobs, we have other things going on mm-hmm. that also need time. Yeah. And I was open and willing to listen and tell you no. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what happened? No, I'm just kidding. I, it, <laughs> At it, first. It was, it, I'm, I'm one of those people, like, when someone gives me an idea... I, I, I like to think about it. I don't want to say yes or no right away. I And it's in anything, like script writing. When Michael and I write scripts together, he'll propose ideas. I'll write it down and I'll take it and I'll think about it because I need time to think about the big picture with that little, that idea. Can you give me $100? <laughs> I'll think, think about, about it. it. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I had to think about it for like a day or two. And I was like, you know what? He's right. Like, that is the best way to do it. And it's me getting over that initial, this is how we're going to do it. And so I was like, you know what? You're right. Uh, this would be better for us in the long run, giving us more time and giving the biggest thing that got me to change my mind was saying that this gives audience members time to listen to the episodes. Mm -hmm. And that was the thing that really cracked it where I was like, that's that is because we initially were thinking of like act one on Tuesday act uh, or act one on Tuesday, Mm -hmm. act two on Thursdays. Mm -hmm. But then we realized if people have their feeds, you know, maybe they'll be able to listen to part one a little bit, but then, you know, they go back a couple days later. Oh, wait, there's another episode. And then they just listen to that. So it was just trying to give the listeners as much time mm-hmm. with each guest mm-hmm. and the appropriate amount of time. One of the questions uh, for both of you guys with your YouTube channel, Allie, and this podcast, Michael, what was your biggest fear coming into this podcast and doing your YouTube show? It would just be a waste of time (laughs) with any creative endeavor. It's like, yeah, okay, this is fun. I'm doing it for me, but there's also a part of it. You're doing it for something else too. And to like put all that effort in and be like, well, nothing came of that project. That's great. Like no one paid attention. It didn't like get me any further with what I want to do and my goals. So yeah, that's always my biggest fear with any project that I put my time and effort into. Yeah. I think it's for one, will people listen are people listening? Are you know? Is it worth putting? <laughs> really, that was a fear. I didn't get that from the constant asking. How many people did we get downloads this week? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just you want to make sure, like, especially when you're living in LA and there's a million and one things that you can be doing for your own artistic pursuits. If you're going to spend time producing a running show, whether it's on YouTube or via podcast, that it's going to be for that it's going to reach people and that you're going to be able to build a following and that I wanted to make sure, wait, we're not, 
putting all this time in and no one's listening to this, right? We're like, people are listening. But then like, it wasn't just that people were listening. People from all over the world, we, our tracking showed that there was people in Japan and Syria and England and Germany and Austria. And it was just like, wait, this is called Hollywood Hustle podcast. People love Hollywood. Uh, right. But I, I immediately thought like, oh, it's just going to be LA or California, maybe New York or something like, no, this has gone global. And so that was like the really cool thing. And then the thing I also wasn't expecting were, was building the relationships that we have with listeners. And, you know, we have our team hustle supporters that are in with us every single time that we're in. Maybe they're here right now on uh, Ali's uh, live Instagram. But, and that wasn't the thing I was expecting. You know, I, my fear, I guess, was you could call it selfish, but it was just like, you know, are we, are people listening? Are, are people actually getting what we're putting out? But then I just needed to trust and learning to trust in it. And like, okay, we're putting in the work. Let's just put it out there and see what happens. That was something I had to get over. Yeah. Um, I, I, had, I had two separate big fears. Um, I, I, like I said before, I've done some podcasts before and, and I've tried to start several podcasts before. Uh, and done maybe two, maybe three episodes. Uh, what were they called? Uh, oh man. Um, <laughs> one was... Are they still out there? No, I, they may be. Who knows? I, I hope our listeners <laughs> go and look these up. <laughs> uh, oh, I don't... Man, I don't remember. One I did with my friend Jared, who I love, and shout out Jared if you're listening, back in Dallas. Um, but we just... It, you know, and it didn't work out mainly because of time and both of us, you know, me and the guest trying to get together, or the co-host, and, and there wasn't, like, a really good... It wasn't a good idea. It wasn't like a good solid concept, and and so my initial fear was like, please don't happen again. <laughs> like, please let Michael be really into this and like show up and let's do more than four episodes and and let's let's really make this happen and have him be involved because you know working and I'm sure Ali you you, you can continue and I know Michael can like working with other people who you rely on as part of a project is stressful in itself and luckily Michael and I had worked together for a while so I knew I could depend on him but there's still that like are they going to drop out like oh yeah are they going to leave me you know crapping in the wind you know kind of thing and so that that was a small fear and then the other one was are we going to get guests on this podcast like his was (laughs) getting people to listen mine was like are we going to have content and like that's why like good fears that I guess have as a collective team trying to put something <laughs> yeah. together. One's worrying about the listeners. I'm working about the guests. It's perfect. perfect. But like it was really like and again kind of goes back to like emailing you. It was like we'll see what happens and you know and like when and I truly was like oh my god I can't believe you said yes <laughs> like oh my god this is amazing and so it's and it's just like that because it's like oh god we got another guest like. We have to, we have a, we've made a decision to release the podcast every week. We need topics. We need people. And that's what this, this podcast is not about me and Michael Mm -hmm. and we can do team hustles and we can do three team hustles in a row if we need to, but that's not what this podcast is. It's about Allie. It's about Joel. It's about Kim. It's about these other people who are striving and working and hustling. And so that was a huge fear of mine. And so every time someone, even now, anytime someone says yes to being on this show, is such a relief. It's a big be- win because I, I, I see another week down, <laughs> another week, or two weeks. Yeah, it's another two, two, two weeks, weeks good, and it's and it's just and so that was and then even with Michael, it's the same thing. The reception of the show and having people that do follow and are affected by the show personally, and seeing that we have guests and people listening in Ireland and Australia is fantastic. And if you're listening now, thank you. Um, but that 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 is such a relief that 
it does impact people because that's what I wanted. I want something that impacts people and leaves a mark on them in, in a good way. And so, uh, yeah. Uh, Ali, I saw that you were approaching the mic when he was talking about um, collaborating with other people and making sure that they're reliable. Um, do you have any stories on... Uh, do I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind Everyone of... Everyone sit back and relax. <laughs> open your beer. Um, so, yeah, we've... Me and uh, Ryan, my co-producer of the comic book, the Nuka Girl comic book, have been through so many artists now and so many letdowns that it's like we're both like we still want to do this we do we're just so guarded now it's like i literally i hired an artist to draw a sticker of me and i was like okay i have a plan for five i'm only going to pay you for one and i'm going to be here through the whole process and i was like what have i become um (laughs) and she literally wrote me at the end and she's like so now that i've earned your trust shall we do the next one i'm like you've nailed it on the head and i'm sorry that i have to be that way but it's like you can get burned out so easily but i think it's important that we don't we don't get afraid to try again and that we keep going back to it and um find new ways to get to our goal that sometimes the idea is more important than some of the individual parts that ultimately this idea is it's going to happen you sometimes just need to find the right group of people to put it together but i didn't know that you have a uh, a comic book Really? That, I don't think that was something that we discussed uh, during your interview. I think it was just. I think. I think we talked about it qu- quickly. I don't think it was a main topic, though. So, yeah. g- give a quick shout out to your comic book. Sure. Um, for those of you who like the world of the post-apocalyptic or play Fallout, <laughs> well, you have got my attention. Um, the video game series Fallout has a character in it named Nuka Girl, who's featured in Fallout 4 and the Nuka World DLC. She is primarily a billboard character, so she has no background story to her. When I was playing the game and saw her on one of the billboards in the game, I was like, that's amazing. I want to make that. So I did. And it's weird, like, cosplaying something and not knowing anything about the character. So I was like, I'll just make one up and it'll be fun. I'll be acting and I'll like create this character and bring her to life. Exercise. Yeah. (laughs) I'll bring her to life and cosplay. And so by starting this backstory, it became like, oh my gosh, this would be so cool for a movie. All right. Back step. Maybe like web series. (laughs) Uh, Do we really want to work with that many people? Okay. How about we just draw it? Do you know how to draw? (laughs) (laughs) This sounds like Hollywood. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so we decided upon making it a like drawn out comic book. And we went through a couple different artists, and now we are working with an artist out of Las Vegas. So he goes by Grimm. Yes. And um, he's doing a great job. It's just one of those things where it's like, okay, we just got to be patient because we're all working passion and spare time, and we're all just so excited, but it can't get done overnight with just three people. Yeah. Yeah. I know one of the concerns I had when we started also was just like, we're, we're best friends and we're working on something together. <laughs> it, it's one of those things, right? Like, just because we're best friends, are we going to be good roommates for something? Like, that can sometimes sour the relationship. But fortunately, it's been one of those things where it's just brought us closer together, mm-hmm. I think. So uh, I know sometimes it, it sucks when it doesn't work out, right? When you have someone that's like, they're, they're a good artist, but it's just they don't fit the part or they're not the proper thing you need for that project. Mm-hmm. But fortunately, it sounds like, We've all found our teams, mm-hmm. as it were, for our projects. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that's good to know is, like, Michael and I do fight. Like, we, we have 
not arguments per se, but going to meet you in the parking <laughs> lot at five o'clock. And I'm like, why is it when you get mad, you turn into like some Philly gangster? <laughs> I'm going to be eating the Philly cheesesteak. Going to meet you there at five o'clock. It's a defense mechanism. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, you know, we have arguments. I get mad at him. He gets mad at me or we get frustrated at each other. But we talk about it. We, we work it out because our friendship means more than this podcast. Mm-hmm. And if our friendship does start getting affected by this, our, this podcast is gone. But because of that, I think individually about ourselves is that we're good about walking away and coming back and going, hey, man, I'm sorry. I know I got I kind of lashed out a little more harsher than I should have. Here's where I was going with this. This is what my thought process was. I'm sorry. And we talk about yeah. it. And we actually have a grown up professional conversation about it. And so that's, you know, we've talked about one of the, and this kind of leads into my, the next thing I want to talk about, but re- reoccurring themes on this podcast is partnerships and, and working with other people, actors or whatever, and what that relationship's like. Um, so I've, you know, we have a few just kind of general questions mm-hmm. about the podcast and you can definitely add in your YouTube channel with this as well. Um, just to kind of wrap this conversation up so we can get into our own personal journeys this year. Uh, so Michael and Allie, what were your favorite interviews on our podcast, Michael, mm-hmm. and, uh, on your uh, YouTube channel or our podcast, <laughs> if you listen to all the episodes. So what you were your have f- listened, general right? question? What were your favorite interviews on your respective shows? And if you've listened or watched our show, what's your favorite there? I mean, interviews. There's more. It can be more than one. It doesn't have to be like, well, this one. I think I always think of like a teacher, like I love all of my like. <laughs> my babies. I love all my babies. Like I, each interview that we've had on has brought something very unique. Um, some of the guests that just immediately stand out to me, Eric Knight. He's a musician. He's a recording artist uh, from Miami, Florida, and basically became a one-man working machine, like band manager, marketing manager, just all the things that, Ali, you you kind of talked about along your own journey. He did, but as a musician and as a rock band, and kind of seeing after that, uh, we recorded that interview, his band, uh, Disciples of Babylon, have dropped their new album, um, The Rise and Fall of Babylon, and it's been like hitting some of the top charts in the UK. And it's just so, and I went to their album release party at the Viper Room, and it was just kind of so cool to see hear him talk about his journey and then see him celebrate this like great pinnacle moment right now in the growth and, or rather his trajectory. It was really exciting. Um, Izzy and Shallon coffee, I think were also some really fun interviews, Uh, a mother and daughter. The daughter is a child actress. So we got to have our first like mom and kid actor perspective Mm -hmm. on the podcast. So that's something that I had never heard before. And was very interested in uh, listening to uh, Joel Ward having a magician talk about how he does magic on a podcast. Oh, that was my favorite. Because I love magic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joel, Joel was fantastic. Um, you know, hearing from our cosplayers, Allie, as well as Ashley Mary Nunez. Um, You're just going to go through all of them, aren't you? <laughs> I'm going through all my babies. I'm going through all my babies. <laughs> Allie, I'll throw it over to you. <laughs> You are a teacher talking about your babies. <laughs> like, all right, we got 30 more episodes to go through. <laughs> um, let's see. I know I had a really hilarious and wonderful conversation with um, Tina. She goes by Kitty the Dork. And um, I decided last minute to 
dress as Spider-Man, but like a female version. I took like my spider suit and like pinned it in the back, even though it's like made for a guy and like surprised her on camera. And her reaction was hilarious because she was dressed as Mary Jane. I think you posted, I think you posted something like a gif or a boomerang or something of you surprising her. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. Um, So that was super fun because we were just like, just, I mean, we're both really close friends. So just chatting up a storm and hearing some of her fun stories about where she's come from and everything. And then um, Angie Viper, she is such a storyteller. And I got to hear some really awesome stories because she says that she's the real life Elsa because her life with her her, um, little sister and her, their lives together, like parallel the movie of Frozen so much. And I got to hear that firsthand, which is a very like full story. So while she was telling it, I was drinking because it's a show. And so there's a point where we like run out of tape and it's like, I put it in the final um, like edit and it's like me like, um, I think it's recording and like, wait, this is on. And I'm like, so just hammered. And like, it's, I'm dressed as Cinderella and she's dressed as Elsa. She's also like very toasty. And it's just hilarious. Cause we're just like, yeah, who cares? Let's open stuff. And it's just, it's the most wasted I've been on the show. Cause usually it's just like a drink or two just to like, just chill. But because we were just sharing stories we were like just both hammered. It was hilarious. It was so captivating that you just kept going and going yeah, and going. I was just like drinking the whole time while just listening to her. It was it was hilarious. <laughs> Have you now imposed like a drink max, like no, no more than this amount? You just keep going. Yeah. It's like I used to like in the first episode I had this idea of doing kind of like drunk Disney like my friends do where they have like this drinking rules thing. But I was like, um, I can't really keep track. And I don't know that I want to. I think we're just going to kind of drink whenever we feel like. And like, yeah, that's awesome. Cheers. And, <laughs> and that's so, what it became. So when are we going to be on your show? Just curious. <laughs> um, it's a drunk cosplayer. Right. So you guys make your outfit right. and then get I will t- dress up as a sc- L.A. screenwriter. Michael <laughs> will dress up as an L.A. Cosplay. actor. Cosplay. Cosplay, Daniel. Oh, oh, I'll dress up. <laughs> um, no, that's that's awesome. Yeah, it, it's great. when you when, One of the best things about this that we found is when you have people on – that have stories and are able to share them and, and, and tell like, you know, you were great at that. Ashley Nunez was great about that where it's just, they can come on and they just naturally tell a story and it's engaging and it's fun. And it just really adds to that episode. It's fantastic. Um, definitely Joel Ward was one of my favorites cause I'm a huge magic mark. I love magic and I grew up wanting to be a magician. So like that just, I would like, there's footage of it. We haven't released it yet, but there's footage of him doing magic for me. And I'm literally well, giddy. Actually, if you go, if it. you go on YouTube and search Hollywood hustle podcast, we've posted one and you, Daniel's facial reaction. <laughs> like a to 12 year old. The, it's, it's priceless. It's hilarious. Cause I'm just like <laughs> facial expressions on podcasts. It's amazing. Have you ever been to the magic? Castle? No. And he performs it and he's told me he'll put me on the list. I just need to let him know when I can go. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, I need to do that. Cause I want to go so bad. Just do it. I, know. I don't I understand. Do. I know I need to. I love magic too. And I just sit there and like, Oh, yeah, I was like, I'm just like, oh my god, how do you do this? Um, so just hearing that journey was really exciting because it's different and it's so it's different from you know acting and directing or whatever. And yeah, so that was really great. hearing him like come up with the magic tricks yeah. even at it, such a young age yeah. was so cool. And and one of the things I think overall with this podcast is finding the correlations through you know magic to acting and magic to screenwriting and being able to put it all together. Like how he puts together uh, magic tricks is similar to how you write a screenplay or how you come up with a character. And so that was really incredible. Um, 
Yeah, uh, Kim Tillman was a lot of fun to talk to, talking to a, uh, a musician who's kind of quiet. And she was, you know, someone that you had to kind of bring out of her shell a little bit was a really, was a lot of fun. And, and Shal and uh, uh, Izzy. Izzy was a lot of fun to talk to. And just, it was, again, like you said, it was so different and such a special thing to have that you don't hear on a lot of podcasts. And so um, that was, Eric was great. I mean, I, I'm the same with you. They're all my babies. Um, next question. I'm going to kind of combine these, these three, but favorite moments, uh, favorite takeaways or lessons from guests that you may taken from uh, uh, interviews? <laughs> you want to take that one first? <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I know, right? Favorite takeaways. I mean, I'll, I'll start while you guys are, are thinking. Um, one of the biggest you know, takeaways that I've had, and this kind of goes also with like reoccurring themes, but is don't be afraid to say yes. Or don't, you know, don't, you know, make sure you say yes to everything. And like, you know, you never know what one thing's going to lead to another and lead to another. Even if it doesn't sound great, say yes, because you don't know what you're going to learn or what you're going to take away from it. And that started kind of with Kurt Mega, his episodes, you know, our very first episode. And that's really been a reoccurring theme throughout this show. And something that's, for me, I've had to take away is like, don't be afraid to like, don't don't feel like for whatever reason you have to say no say yes and see what happens even if you don't feel comfortable like maybe you you're afraid you can't do it it's maybe a self insecure thing just say yes and let that let that river flow you know one thing that definitely is shared amongst all the guests is also don't be afraid to be yourself i mean ali your interviews um that that was a big part of it how you were just yourself and that's led you to so much success to that commercial with the whole balloon animal story yeah. um, to uh, our one of our more recent interviews with AJ Jones about talking about how, you know, especially at the beginning of your career where it's, you know, you need to stack up a certain amount of credits. You need to be yourself. Don't fight against who you are. Embrace who you are or and be aware who, who you are, or be aware and embrace who you are. And then once you've reached a certain level of you know, success, then you can start branching out and choosing things that maybe people won't expect from you. So that was really, that's, that's been something that all of our guests, whether they're magicians, musicians, actors, you know, embrace who you are and that will lead to success. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm glad you guys got that from my interview. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Um, Oh gosh, now I'm distracted. I forgot what I was going to say. Praise was being shown on her and so she got distracted. So um, yeah, I think my big thing is that everyone has their own individual struggles and you may not see that on the surface. And people are just, you know, they're going through stuff just like you to be empathetic and understanding and and just you know, be there and supportive because we're all artists and we're all a little awkward and we're all just trying to make it somewhere. So just continue to to be a, a shoulder to cry on and ear to listen and a hand to support. I think, yeah, I mean, and like I mentioned earlier, partnerships have been a, a reoccurring theme on here, working with other people and, and, and finding people to work with and how do you build a crew. And, and you know, one of my favorites was um, uh, Josh Otter talked about, you know, people who are doing something on set that are maybe kind of the smaller, lower end jobs, that's not what they want to do. So don't be afraid to go, hey, like, what do you really want to do? And when they say, I want to be a casting director, well, when you start doing your first film, call them because they may want to build up that reputation. They may do it for free. Mm-hmm. They may do, do it just for the credit or you, they may do it for a lower price. 
because they want to build that uh, that reputation. They want to build their own talent at that. And so that that was a big thing that I really I had never really thought about was like just talk to people. I mean, I mean obviously I talk to people, but like asking them what they want to do and how you can use that to build a crew down the line for your own stuff. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was that was a really cool kind of lesson from that one. Uh, Todd Nunez also spoke about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and with him also embracing the idea that he, he used the word don't shy away from controversy, but don't shy away from ideas that can be uncomfortable, especially as a storyteller. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was that was really fascinating to not be timid, mm-hmm. to go forward and have a voice and be bold and go and try. And, you know, I think with like Ashley Mary Nunez's episode where it goes back to that originality, not being afraid to be who you are. Like she loves Wonder Woman and she loves dressing up like Wonder Woman. Yeah. Allie and Ashley are like our Wonder Woman. Yes. We'll do a commentary on Wonder Woman sometime and have yeah. Allie and Ashley on. Hey. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah. there you go. Next year it's happening. Um, but you know, that was a big thing is like, she's done some really interesting things like fighting. She did a show where she fought robots and she works on Hollywood Boulevard, but she's not afraid to be her nerdy, goofy self. So, uh, to kind of wrap this part up, just Michael, what, what things do we have coming in 2018 that maybe we can talk about a little bit, uh, that we're looking in ways to evolve the podcast? Yes. Well, we're definitely already on the way of recording new interviews. We've oh, got so many good ones. We have one with a young woman who is uh, Michelle Obama. <laughs> no, <laughs> just kidding. No. Just kidding. Just kidding. We we have a young woman who, um, you know, she is recently just got out. Her she has her college degree, but she is launching a film program, a national youth program about bringing young kids and introducing them to film as a means to get them out from the streets and embracing this new passion and getting them involved with the industry. And um, she's based in Compton and already there, she's getting so much movement um, from Jordan Peele endorsements and Ava, Ava DuVernay. DuVernay. So she, we have that interview coming up in the line. Uh, we've been recording interviews with uh, one of my favorite podcasts, Inside Acting. Um, Trevor Algott, AJ Meyer, listen to their podcast, Inside Acting. We've got that coming up down the way. One of the ideas that Daniel and I have been bouncing around is specifically looking more into LA, um, doing like going into neighborhoods with some guests where we get to feature certain neighborhoods because we want to bring more and more the city of Los Angeles as almost like a running character mm-hmm. here in the podcast. So mm-hmm. I'm interested with that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, like Daniel said, we are planning our Patreon, mm-hmm. um, but also launching an email newsletter. But I mean, in 2018, I'm just really interested in taking this podcast, building upon what already makes it great and strong, reaching out to exciting guests more and just bringing more voices on. But also in terms of structure and everything, exploring new ways that we can share these stories as well. Uh, we're really excited about what we have prepared for you guys in 2018, uh, and we can't wait for you guys to hear it. But Allie, what do you got going on in 2018? Oh, man. Actually, it's so funny that you contacted me the other day about it, because the same day that you contacted me about being on the show was the day that I had just posted all my like plans for the next year. And I, I was like, did, those. did you see that? And that's why you maybe, reached maybe, out. Maybe it was one of those like, subconscious 
things were like, you know, she she had planned some goals because I know one of your goals is to get fifty thousand yeah uh, 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 followers by January first, two thousand nineteen. Um, and my goal was twenty thousand by the end of this year. So you know, I'm there. So um, it's exponential. You know, it'll just keep happening. And with more followers comes more opportunities in what I'm doing. So that means more traveling to bigger cons. That means getting paid to be at them. Um, so that means I can start a Patreon or I can start a Twitch and people will pay attention because there's more eyes in general. So, um, yeah, I'm just like, you know, got these big plans for next year. I do <laughs> as much as I was like, I don't want to ever do a Patreon. Um, I think I found a way where I can do it that fits with me and being able to do the cons as a guest this past year, I think I did what five or six in 2017 as a guest. So doing that, I was able to talk to the fans directly and be like, I'm just curious if I had a Patreon, what would you want to get out of it? And talked with them about the print issue and said, so here's my issue with like giving out physical stuff. It takes time, money, and it's not something everybody wants. So is it okay with you if I just send you high res digital content and you can print them out or use what you want with them? And they're like, yeah, that actually sounds better. Because, you know, what do you do after a while when you get a print every month or more than one print every month? And sometimes there's stuff that you're like, um, I've got kids or I'm a teacher. I shouldn't have this image in my home. Or, you know, that I've heard people say that. So if you just want to support and the images are there and you can do with them what you want kind of thing. But, um, yeah, I got plans for so many cosplays for next year. I think I got like 12 or so, uh, 12 to 20 or something like that planned for next year. So I have a Patreon. I'm going to switch my show over to Twitch, which I'm very excited about and start doing that. I want to compete in a couple cosplay contests next year. So very excited about that. Um, I want to travel and do some international conventions. So That's awesome. That yeah. sounds like so much fun. I know. It's going to be a busy year. And That sounds awesome. And I can do it because my business now is to the point where I don't have to be in town. Right. I've tested it a few times over the past year, and I'm able to be wherever. And I have such an amazing cast now. I'm like, so, like I tell them every time they come by, I'm like, I'm so thankful for you. So yeah, I'm just super excited because my, my company is to that point. That's you know, awesome. I know I couldn't do this forever. Right. You can't play a 16 year old forever. And, you know, neither do I want to. So I'm you know, just looking forward to being able to do the other things because that's what this was made to do. My business was made to support, support that. all that other stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so real quick, just kind of really kind of quickly, uh, can everybody kind of just talk about where they started at the beginning of 2017 and where they feel they are now? I would say at the beginning of 2017, I, was, I wasn't I was grounded. I was aloof and trying to figure out where I was going with my acting career and everything. And I said, this is the year I'm finally going to invest in myself and focus on my career. And I did that by taking acting class. I finally said it's stop with the excuse, pay for it, and let's do this. And I can honestly say that I've fallen back in love with acting. I didn't know that I was disconnected with it, but by going into class and 
facing myself and being pushed. I've fallen back in love with it. And so it's been a really great year of falling back in love with your passion. And then at the same time, also learning my limitations. Since we last saw each other, I experienced an injury that took me out of commission for a little while. Our listeners have heard a good amount about it, but learning how to bounce back and figure out what areas of my life need my intention and how to pace myself has also been an important lesson to learn. So I, I, I think I find myself at the end of this year much stronger, more sure of myself, more confident. Wow. Yeah. I totally forgot there for a moment that you had that big incident. Yeah. 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 It was fun. Woo. Well, I had the kidney stone thing. Mm. What? Yeah. Really? So I had a similar thing where it's like, you need to take better care of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I do. I'm not a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're not infallible. We're we're not invulnerable. So yeah. Um, at the beginning of this year, like I had no idea that I'd be on a panel at San Diego Comic Con. I had no idea that I'd be invited to be guesting at multiple cons across the country and in Canada. Like it just all this stuff just just fell in my lap, and it was just a matter of being like, yes, okay, let's do that. Oh, all right. And just taking those risks and seeing the opportunity and jumping into it. So, yeah, I think I was, I don't know, maybe just below 10,000 before this year. Um, So the growth of that has been really amazing. So I'm just continuing to to move forward. I mean, I came back from my world trip at the beginning of this year and was hoping that my business wasn't going to fall apart while I was gone. (laughs) Um, And it didn't. And it just continued to grow. And I continue to find ways to make it better. So... This year has been a big, like, a switch year in a lot of things. Um, what about you, buddy? I've had no medical issues this year. Uh, Lucky. Suckers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, so I, I don't have that perspective uh, part, which would, I mean, I mean, that's always nice. I would say I'm in a more stable place uh, now than I was at the beginning of the year in a lot of different parts of my life, relationships and, and, and career um, even though I don't have a job, um, I feel like through this podcast has given me, I felt a little lost at the beginning of this year in the sense of creativity. You know, Michael and I, like he's mentioned, we've had some things fall through. And so it just kind of felt like nothing would get going. And so through this podcast has really helped me find some kind of stability creatively, um, which I've needed. And that helps me be able to do other things creatively. Thank goodness. Cause I have something that's stable that I can stand on. Um, and it's given me a, not a purpose, but something to really look forward to every day other than at the time my nine to five job and, you know, something more fun to talk about to Michael than, oh, I'm doing email replies, you know, it's stupid things like that. Like, oh, I'm working on a new graphic or we're working on this or, hey, I got this new guest. Like it's given me something to look forward to every day and something to get excited about every day. And especially Tuesdays when we release the episodes. So like that's been the biggest thing is just a lot of stabilization in my life that was kind of loose at the beginning Um, has been really great. And so I'm hoping in the next year just gets stronger and and keeps growing and that this podcast keeps going and me and Michael can move on to some other creative stuff outside of this uh, that hopefully can succeed thanks to this. And and that and again, I want this to keep going. This is always going to be the foundation. This is going to be the baby. And I think that's what Michael and I needed was a, found, a creative foundation for ourselves that we can jump off of and give us a little co- co- more confidence mm-hmm. in what we, what we can create. Um, I have here, I know we've talked about doing more, but since I know we're gonna, getting long on time. Um, so I kind of want to just ask each of you one question from this kind of year in review 
set of questions. So, so it's like almost a different MySpace yes, quiz. but it's a year in oh, review quiz. So okay. I'll do one that's about 2017 and one that's about 2018 for right. each of you. So I'm going to randomly pick a number for each of you through a wonderful Google nam- random number generator. Thank Woo! you, Google. Uh, so, uh, Allie, since you are a guest, we, you will go first. Ding, 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 Your ding, ding, number ding. four is number five. <gasps> uh, that question is, what was the best news you received this year? Oh, wow. Um... I mean, it's a toss-up between being a guest at San Diego Comic-Con or a panelist at San Diego Comic-Con, finding out about that and who was going to be on my panel with me. And I'm like, who am I? <laughs> like, sitting amongst these people. And also getting invited to my first con as a guest, the one up in Northern, um, at the Northern Fan Con in Prince George, Canada. I mean, that con for me was a big turning point for a lot of things in my life and personal and professional so yeah both those things was just like i did not go seeking and they found me and i'm like this is amazing (laughs) (laughs) that is always fun when people just reach out to you for like they want you to do something they've heard about you some way it just kind of gives credence to what you've been doing and the work you put into it you know for 2018 what do you want your everyday life to look like um let's see I definitely want to be creating, just nonstop creating. I have my book I need to finish writing. I have a bunch of different cosplays I want to make. And I imagine that my business will kind of become effortless and not really a a chore. It'll just be there. And if I can get to the point financially where I can have a full-time receptionist, that would be a dream. Because right now I'm I'm only budgeted to 14 hours a week, which is two shifts for my receptionist. And that's all I can afford after doing the math to be like, okay, well, it's a difference of how much a year if I pay somebody else or if I take that money. Okay, I'll, I'll work. It'll be okay. Well, depending on the pay, let me know. Because <laughs> I need a job. And I'm looking full time. So call me. There you go. <laughs> yeah. uh, Michael. Yes. How has your outlook of life evolved over the last year? I would say I've learned how fragile life can be. I've learned that while in the midst of things seeming like they're upside down, that there are very good people still. And that that is something to celebrate and be thankful for. But how quickly it could all go and being very grateful for what I have. So I'm more grateful. Uh, so this is kind of an interesting question. Um, okay, in 20 years, how do you... How, <laughs> <laughs> Let me make sure I ask this oh. right. <laughs> how do you want to remember 2018 in 20 years? What are you hoping you can look back and remember? I'll say that's the year that I really started kicking in with a routine, both creatively and just health-wise. I really want to focus more on bettering myself and being more positive with myself, not being too hard on myself, but also kind of echoing Ali a little bit, embracing the creativity. Uh, I think that is a beautiful thing to have, like whether it's, you know, writing a book or whether it's writing a script, working on the podcast, looking at all these things that they're all wonderful opportunities. An audition, that's a creative experience. Looking at moments and finding the creative uh, moment within that. Uh, yeah, I'd say it's the year that I kicked in with my routines and then that led me towards my success. success. Nice. All right. Yeah. I, I did the random number for me. And right. oh, I already did it. Oh, you already. But did you it. can do a different one because they asked me, "What do I deserve a pat on the back for for 2017?" And I feel kind of relieved. That's weird. <laughs> and like, Ali, what do you say? Uh, one through forty. 
39. 39. That, that's oh. the one I just did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh are you kidding that's, me? That's the pattern. Am I psychic Google, or what? Google and Allie have the same brain. <laughs> it was the oh. same, same. 14. <laughs> All right. 14. Uh, what five people did you most enjoy spending time with? Oh, man. Um, every guest of this podcast. Um, that's more than five. <laughs> Is it? Dang. Um, obviously, think, Michael. Think outside the podcast. Yeah, obviously, Michael. Um, I love spending time with him. We were able to spend some quality time together outside of the podcast, which we always strive to do. I would say my friend Mike Tobias, uh, who it will be a guest next year. Go on Mike. The show. Uh, so definitely him. Um, I would say uh, some friends in Florida. We got to go to Florida and spend time with them, and that was really cool. And see their kids who have grown up, who I knew when they were little babies, and now they're big and running around. So that's that's a lot of fun. Um, I got to spend time uh, with who else did I spend time with? Man, I don't I don't do a lot. Uh, <laughs> I got to spend time with Kurt and and Eric and Stephanie and the people that I know from Texas who are awesome and and I know it's more than five people, but I love them and they were they're they're so much fun to, so much fun to spend time with and uh, and so yeah, I, I, those are those are the people that I have fun. Um, just one through ten, just pick a random one through ten. Uh, I'll do number seven. Okay. Which habits do you want to change, cultivate, or get rid of? In 2018, um, I want to I change the habit I have of, this is, is going to sound weird. I've done a lot of introspection, and I've talked about this on the Thanksgiving episode, of how much energy I give to people that may, I may not receive in return. And that's been a big struggle of mine because I love being a supportive person. I love being that person that reaches out to people but I've really had to kind of come to terms with like, I, I have energy that can be used elsewhere if I, these are not, and it sounds selfish in some ways, but I'm hoping to be better at realizing, getting into a better habit of realizing when something's not working and when I need to change my focus and my views or my perception of how something is looking to me um, and be okay with it and accept it. And, um, another habit I need to get better at is just I, I write, but I need to be better at, at having a routine of writing and, and Instagram IG living and and things like that. Get better at the so you know building those routines. Like Michael said for himself, I've started some kind of routines, and I want to get better at sticking to more to other ones as well. Um, so those are kind of my big things. So routines, travel, mm-hmm. creativity. Yeah, those sound like good things I, for 2018. Yeah, yeah sounds I'm, like a good year. I think 2018 is gonna be awesome guys yeah in our own little bubble i'm not thinking about the world (laughs) in our own little hollywood hustle bubble yeah and for listeners uh you know we'd love to hear from you uh what your thoughts were uh of this past year what worked what didn't you know what were some of your big wins share them with us and also what are your outlooks for 2018 you can always contact us we're on social media we're on twitter we're at la hustle uh at la hustlecast Instagram and Facebook at Hollywood Hustle Podcast, or you could email us Hollywood Hustle Podcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. And, you know, once again, we can't say it enough. Thank you to everyone that's listened since June to this podcast. It's a labor of love for me and Michael. Ali, thank you so much for being on. You are fantastic. Okay. Uh, you, uh, we hope and you will be on many more episodes yeah. in the future to come. Uh, and we'll try to come up with some cosplay costumes to come on your show. And please remember to also folly, uh, follow Ali uh, <laughs> Williams. Folly. Uh, folly, 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 folly. Uh, follow Ali Williams uh, at only Ali Cat. Yes. And that's both on Twitter and Instagram? 
And Facebook, too. Yeah. And Facebook. Facebook. There we go. go fa- she, Allie likes to post stories about her business on Facebook, which is really fun to want to read <laughs> it's like those it's, it's amazing definitely do it um you can follow me daniel tuttle on instagram uh or uh twitter d tuttle on instagram and i am just at michael lutheran both twitter and instagram you can also visit our website hollywoodhustle.podcast.com did you already say that, <laughs> that? hollywoodhustlepodcast.com uh hopefully soon a patreon uh as well so many th- great things to come thank you guys again uh, what's going on next Tuesday, Mike? Yeah, so next Tuesday we got a very Christmas special edition. Daniel and I, it's going to be a, one more final Team Hustle uh, episode. We're going to be talking about our traditions during the holidays and more fun stories, maybe some quizzes, maybe some games. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun, so definitely check us out. And until then, everyone, always remember, keep a creative outlook, mm. be a vehicle for change, travel, be happy, and always remember to keep up. Keep up the hustle. Keep up the hustle. This episode of the Hollywood Hustle podcast was hosted by Daniel Tuttle and produced with Michael Lutheran. Mike Tobias edited our website. For more information about the show, please visit our website at hollywoodhustlepodcast.com.